0: Hello, welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Sicario, Day of the Soldado. Glad I got that right on my first try because this movie has had about five different titles. Uh, It's the sequel to 2015 Sicario, a movie starring Emily Blunt, directed by Denis Villeneuve and uh, written by Taylor Sheridan. And Hey, a lot of the ingredients that made the first one are not present in this one, so I think it's kind of an interesting sequel to talk about. I'm joined today by my friend Josh Brown. Hope that's not too confusing that I got two Joshes on here. Josh, how's it going?
1: Good, good, good. Happy Day of the Soldado.
0: Yeah, I, I, that movies had like so many titles. I wasn't kidding when I said that. Like I, I referenced it in my last podcast, like saying, "Oh, next episode's going to be about Sicario Two: Day of the Soldado," and there's not actually a two in it and i think it was originally just Soldado and nothing else yeah. when it got announced which i thought was cool and then they like screwed around and gave it like four different working titles and settled yeah. on this one but i think i saw when i was looking on the wikipedia they actually like they actually did release it in the uk as sicario 2 soldado so it's just like so many different combinations of all those names but um yeah. whatever the, the,
1: thing with the title is just like um yeah like soldado that's a cool title it's just yeah. like I guess like because like the movies, the first one, you know, it was a modest hit, obviously, but, you know, got mostly critical acclaim, But, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't like a born movie or whatever. So I guess it's like harder to market that this is a sequel, if you call it by, you know, a different title altogether. But, you know, I I think it could have been if you just like market it. The next installment the sicario
0: saga or yeah you, you didn't have to totally ignore that stuff but instead they screwed around with all these different possible titles but i mean i, I wasn't so much concerned with that going in out. it was fun to joke about because they did so many different things but i'm someone who like really liked the first movie a lot it was i think my fifth or sixth favorite movie of 2015 and but i was so worried when they announced it because they announced it and it's like oh by the way though we don't have the director uh, we're not bringing back Roger Deakins, the cinematographer, who we all know and love. We're not bringing back the star of the movie, Emily Blunt, who I thought—I mean—was pretty great in it and made me see her in a whole new light as an actress, in, independent of like everything else in the movie. I just thought it was a really cool performance from her, and they. So they got they got rid of all them and then R I P Johan Johansson. That was one of the first times I can remember really totally understanding like what a score can do for a movie, and it really left an impression on me. And I've to be honest, I've never I've I've been doing a lot of sequels the first few weeks of this podcast just because like we're hitting this point where like all these movies that had like whether it be Jurassic World or um, or well I guess Incredibles wasn't a few years ago but like, there's just a lot of a, a lot of sequels coming out and like I'm. Season yeah it 's it 's just kind of uh what it is right now, and i 'm just like i 've went back and rewatched the first of a lot of these movies just to refresh myself and I have still never rewatched the first sicario movie because mm-hmm. it 's probably one of like my five most memorable experiences ever going to movie theater. I mean, I love the movie itself, but like my heart was still pounding out of my chest like thirty minutes after I left the theater, and I got back on my bed i 'm like i 'm not going to be able to recreate the like Im- immense feeling that that first movie gave me. And it, it did a lot for me and it, it meant a lot to me. And I, t- I thought it'd be interesting to have you on because I don't think you really enjoyed the first Sicario movie. Uh, what, are your, yeah. what, what are your feelings about it looking back? I don't know if you've rewatched it since and your feelings have changed since you like first put something on Letterboxd about it because that's all I really know about your feelings about it. But like where did you stand and like where did you find out they were going to be – what did you think when you heard they were going to be doing a, um, a sequel without a lot of the ingredients that went into the first one, which I guess you might not have liked that much?
1: Yeah, like I was ambivalent um, in regards to the first one. Um, like to me, it felt like you know, sort of like a No Country, like like this, like it felt like Taylor Sheridan, like watched No Country for Old Men eight times and thought, you know what? at the end, like, I, I only, if only that movie showed you Anton Sugar killing um, Josh Brolin's wife in that movie, and that would be, that would have made it, that would have put it over the edge, you know? And so, like, <laughs> whereas like, I felt like, you know, No Country for Old Men is this, you know, ambiguous meditation on morality. I kind of thought, like, Sicario was, like, the dumber version of that. In particular, my main issue with the movie is the the famous scene where, um Alejandro uh, Alejandro kills like uh,
0: the The children, yeah,
1: yeah, children of uh, his uh, one-time rival who killed his family, and then he proceeds to kill the uh, head of the cartel. And I, my problem with that scene is like, the thing is, is like, what was already cruel, which was you're going to leave this guy with his dead family, like that is already like a cruel thing to do, but then to murder you just. You just Like it's almost like it was pointless then. Like to me, like leaving this dude fatherless, like he left you, that you know has a point. Like there is like you know it, it. There's something that it mirrors, you know. And then the then like just shooting the other guy, it just felt like violence for the sake of violence. And that's sort of like how I feel about like the first Sicario. Hell, I even think like Alejandro's like you know kind of, like, a clone of, like, Anton Sugar, you know, and in this film, like, there's a spoiler in this film that sort of, like, you know, kind of, like, pisses me off, and I think you feel the same way towards the end of uh, the sequel in terms of a certain cop-out, um but i feel like we'll get to that later
0: sure um and we'll if we can save some of the stuff for the end for later even though if i don't know if we're gonna do a separate spoiler section but i think it's funny that you say that the stuff at the end in that one just felt like violence for the sake of violence and it might not have struck me like that at the time like i said it's been uh almost three years since i saw that movie and maybe it would strike me a little differently now because i've for if i just gave it a rewatch but i i kind of felt like the most gratuitous thing in this movie happens in like the first 10 minutes and where it felt like it felt like taylor sherry like Taylor Sheridan's like, you know what? Maybe I'm just gonna like get the MAGA crowd all riled up because it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I I think you could easily make this a movie just about like the border in general, and not that he needed to be cognizant of like or be prescient about. I mean, it is weird that this movie happened to be released, produced, made, presumably made last year, and even written before that, and then all of a sudden it drops like right in the midst of this whole thing that we have going on with the border right now. Not that he needed to be like cognizant the most of all that, but like
1: release date or yeah. The-
0: yeah, probably, like you said, most fortuitous release date ever. And but like based on the content of the movie, I don't know if that's actually like a good thing. And um, but like I wanted him to like I almost wanted him to just tell like a more grounded story about what's going on at the border. You could still find a way to work some cool action in there and have it be like, wow, we're almost dropped into like what I could feel imagine is like living in a border city right now, and that would have been actually kind of interesting and instead it's like you know we're gonna instead we're gonna have these guys smuggle in jihadists, and just to just to, just for no for no particular reason we can add that in there and i mean i don't doubt human trafficking is a thing that happens but like if
1: mm-hmm. it was
0: actually a thing that happened with jihadists which it, it turns out later in this week oh it's like oh no those dudes are from new jersey but <laughs> like the one, the one of the ones that like the guy the guy not the guys at the store were but the person that like blows himself up like right at the border like that what i guess that actually was a guy that Across the border. And I was like, this seems like totally unnecessary and like an added element that we don't really need in there that's almost like put in there just to like stoke people's emotions about like why we need to have strong borders when it's you don't need to go that far. And that like left a weird taste in my mouth like right from the outset. Yeah. And like,
1: all right, I have like a couple dots on that. Like in the first 30 minutes of the movie, I, I had the same uh, uh, uncomf- cringey uncomfortableness uh, towards the material because it did feel like, you know, Stephen Miller wrote the script. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, I like, and here's the thing, I think this kind of is, like, the divide that I think people have with, like, Taylor Sheridan and, and, and also, like, the first Sicario is whether or not, like, uh, he finds, like, whether or not he actually likes these characters, Alejandro and Josh Brolin, are they meant to be depicted in a way that we're supposed to be gro- uh, grossed out by them and find them repugnant, or, are it, or are we supposed to find them cool? And I think like, I think like when the first thirty minutes, I'm like, I'm watching this, I'm like, this this feels like a maga ad. But at the same time, like, I'm not. I think it's like the Wolf of Wall Street thing, where it's like depiction does not equal endorsement. Because um, like towards the end of the film, uh, towards the end of the film, and, and I'm talking about the second one, the sequel that we, yeah, just, yeah, you know, I I felt like maybe it's murky enough, like that, like that, like you know, maybe like, uh, uh, um, you know, the effect is that we're supposed to be grossed out like maybe that is that we are cringing at this but as you said the part of the thing that kind of hurts it a little bit is the fact that like the situation at the border that is depicting is not representative of what's actually happening at the border like net migration into the united states has been at net zero of you know for the past that gate and also
0: i want to i want to kind of lay out there because i didn't uh, i I didn't give much of a synopsis at the beginning in case someone's listening still that is trying to decide if they want to see this i mean but i I, I mean presumably if you saw the first one you're gonna and you liked it you're gonna see this or even if hey maybe you didn't like it but you just like movies you might have gone to see this but it's it, it brings back the josh brolin who's matt graver is the character's name and benicio del toro's characters and they're brought into basically after these jihadists that are smuggled in have their attacks they're brought in to solve the problem and their solution is all right we need to solve a we need to solve this by pitting the cartels against each other and having and that way one of them will wipe the other out and i guess that'll make it so they don't do as messed up of stuff i don't totally know (laughs) exactly what the reasoning is but they thought that was we need to proceed this way and that's i I, i'd forgotten that's kind of a bit of a plot point in the first one it's like there's more order when there's only one cartel it's like okay so we'll give you carte blanche to do whatever you want and they do some really crazy stuff, which we can get into more detail about. But then what they do at the end is – which felt almost a little rushed to me. It's like – because one of the means that they're authorized to do is to kidnap a cartel leader's daughter and think, make him think that another cartel did it. And w- once the US tries to get out of this because they're like, all right, we, we gave these guys too much rope. This is stupid. Uh, erase all evidence that this ever happened, including the girl. And because those two characters who we've seen do a bunch of messed up stuff want to save the girl – I think some are thinking like, oh, well, now you're just trying to like usher that storyline in there to then make us feel sympathetic for these guys that have just done all this messed up shit. I don't know how, how you feel about that idea or if you think like maybe these guys – there is a threat of humanity there all along, and now they're just showing it at the right time. I don't know where you come down on that, but some people think like, oh, they're just throwing this in to make them seem like father figures and have their cake and eat it too.
1: Yeah, Um in which, like, you know, like, and I think in my letterbox reviews, like, for all the grunting and the uh, brutal nihilism of this film, it, it feels like the work of cowards. And we're going to get to that at the end because of what happens at the end. There is, like, cop out. But that said, I'm of, like, two minds on, like, what it's depicting. Yeah. Um, first order, is like, as we, you and I both, like, uh, hashed out, like, yeah, like, if you're going to, like, depict the border, this is not what's it's not representative of what actually is happening at the border, so it feels like uh, right-wing propaganda. But at the same time, you don't have no movie if you don't do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, and I think this is actually why I think I might be warmer on this movie than you are and why I think I'm warmer on this movie than the first one is that – so we should mention, like, the guy who directed it. Like, he had, like, a career in Italian uh, crime television. He essentially did, like, the Narcos of Italy, huh. you know? Um, And, like, this film sort of, like, I find that fitting because, like, this film, like, reminds me of, like, Italian Palaszczuk films of, like, the 70s where, like, in the 70s the Italians they were making these, like, pulpy crime exploitation uh, cop films or whatever, you know, in the wake of, like, here in America we're doing The French Connection and they're doing, uh, you know, Live Like a Cop die like a man you know um stuff like that where and they were also very fascistic very right wing um you know these are the type of women type of films that like women get raped and they kind of dig it um Jeez. So, so that's how pulpy you know this is and i think in this case i think what kind of like why i sort of like this film more than the first one is that i think like the first film has pretensions that like thinks it's like the things that its themes are uh, weightier and more intelligent than they actually are, whereas this film it just strips that down and it's a pulpy. It's a better shot, uh, a pulpy film in the tradition of those Italian crime films. And so, huh. I kind of, I kind of dug it on that level. Um, at a certain point, like the first couple minutes, I was cringing, but I, I couldn't help but be gripped by what the events that are happening. And essentially, the plotline of this movie is Um uh, Yo You know, like, the Kurosawa movie where, like, the like a samurai swordsman, like, takes these two rival gangs and pit them against each other. Hmm. And so I kind of dug it on that level. Like, I find that a gripping plot. And I like some of the new characters introduced in this film, especially the little girl that you mentioned, which I caught a glimpse of her today in, like, the fourth Transformers movie. I didn't realize she was the same girl. I'm like, Hmm. she's great. I I think she's the best. Performance
0: in the movie. I, I i want to argue with that. I'd say part of what I liked about the first movie is that I didn't think it had a strong political message necessarily. Like, I got those vibes early on in this one. It felt like more it was just trying to say, like, this drug, there's not an easy answer to the drug war. And it wanted to make you question, like, whether these guys were going too far. And, but it, like, it yeah, didn't have.
1: Like, I didn't feel like it had, like, a political message. I think it just had, like, I think it was, like, about, like, morality. I think it, you know, it was about
0: yeah and maybe like i get what you're saying like maybe it wasn't as profound as i thought it was but i just kind of like being dropped into like this mess at the border and then just like having to deal with it and i I've, i want to i want to ask you specifically like when you say it was better shot than the first one what do you mean by no, no, that no,
1: no. oh no 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 no! all right this one's worse shot than uh the roger deacons one i meant okay. that it was better shot than like the italian crime Oh,
0: oh okay well, I, th- th- I, th- I thought i thought maybe you'd say, I, I thought maybe i'd remember you saying something in your letterbox review about how it was better shot than this stuff but maybe you were just speaking in reference to that italian stuff and i just yeah, forgot yeah, yeah. okay gotcha because i mean i would say that there's like nothing in this movie as far as just the, the way the camera moves that like gripped me like i and i actually agree with you though with the with the sequel i was actually gripped at certain points i almost like didn't like myself for being as into it as i was because i could recognize the things i didn't like about it but like there was nothing that there was nothing that gripped me like that scene at the border in the first one and like, i don't think it elicited any kind of tense moment like that necessarily i have,
1: i, I, I half agree like i think like that you know i'm not a huge fan of that movie but i think like that border sequence is you know uh well put together mm-hmm. um but you know like the grocery market scene where it's done like in a one um uh,
0: yeah
1: it has stayed with me in the weeks since i've seen the movie um even though at the time i was like kind of grossed out watching it <laughs> because it felt like you know yeah it was, very
0: very exploitative and all that, that
1: that they've been talking about <laughs> um, well you know
0: you know what i think they actually messed up though was the scene where so it's like they're they're trying to um after they've uh, fake rescued the girl and tried to make friends with her they tell her they're bringing her back to mexico and then all of a sudden they get ambushed and i was talking to the friend i was at the movie with and like for like a good chunk of that scene where they're getting ambushed by these mexican police officers i still thought it was part of their ruse to trick her i don't know if like, that's what you thought when they were there but i didn't think the movie made it clear enough that like no, that is actually Mexican police turning on them because I thought they were like trying to like still keep up this ruse with her so they didn't have to like they didn't have to convince her that they really had her best interest at heart when they didn't return her to her dad right away. So both my friend that I was with and I like spent like the best a big chunk of what should have been maybe the most exciting scene in the movie thinking that it was all part of like a an act that they were putting on when it actually wasn't and it just kind of left us confused. I don't but, know if you had that confusion.
1: That, isn't that like that confusion though sort of like part of like what's going on in the scene in that like we're like we're like the girl and we're like you know uh uh, uh you know the DA is putting off this ruse whereas like chaos is happening Every not, not everything's going to p- go according to plan and so we're momentarily confused like I, I thought that was, like, the sensation it was kind of trying to create.
0: Okay, I thought it actually wanted us to know exactly what was going on, and I just didn't know what was going on. If that's what they were going for, then I guess they succeeded. I just didn't take it as that in the moment. Yeah. Um, th- it was. It would have been exciting if I had just, like, I guess, gotten exactly what was going on, because, like, I mean, it is, like, a very intense, more tightly shot scene than, I mean, because you're mostly inside the car and then just, like, cutting to guys getting shot. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there aren't – I would I would say aside from that, though, there aren't, like – and until the final, like uh, the final stretch that uh, Alejandro has in this movie, there's not like a ton of action really. I mean, there's like the, there's the initial murder scene when they start the cartel war, and mm-hmm. and, that, and 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 then there's the first few minutes that we talked about, and I don't know. if There's really any other action scenes besides that, really.
1: And to be fair, like the first movie doesn't have a lot of action either. But like, um, you know, um, but you know, it has like the two memorable moments of it, which are um, the opening sequence when like they bulldoze like the house and you find the dead oh, body. Yeah wall and then like you know there's the border scene the border scene but
0: then there's like the very last scene with alejandro and emily blunt's character like that i think that's super intent just when he's like scaring the shit out of her he's scaring the shit out of me and i think that more than anything might have been what left my heart racing that like afterward um you know in
1: in this one like i you know i like i must say like i i actually i do find like the i do find like actually before you even get to the supermarket scene i do kind of like what um uh they do in the opening where you're you're tracking these like uh uh migrants crossing the border and there's the helicopter light and they're mostly shot in like silhouette and i yeah. thought that was i thought that was well done um and um and i, I think like when we we're like with alejandro and a little girl i did feel the tension this is where i started warming up to the film where i did feel the tension in it i think more so than in um, the first Sicario, and I think it in part is because of that bifurcated like structure of the first Sicario, where like you know they sideline the uh, main character, which I think um, was not like I, I'm not one of those people that was actually mad that the film did that. Um, I thought it was an interesting thing to do, like structurally. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of like that it subverted your expectations on that. I may not have entirely enjoyed the execution of it by like but i'm not like offended by it where there's people who like you know call the film like outright sexist and i don't necessarily think that's fair
0: yeah it never struck me that way
1: yeah yeah um so yeah like uh, you know I, I i you know i think i overall like found the set pieces of this film um more engaging and i do like the and i prefer the bifurcated uh, uh dual structure line where you have you know, this, you know, this uh, bratty uh, prep school girl who is having the worst week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you have on the other end of the border, uh, this, you know, well-adjusted, you know, American, Mexican-American teenager who's deciding to uh, join the drug cartel. And I think I found... Well, I wanted a lot
0: more of that, actually, which is because, like I said, I was maybe a little disillusioned with the other half of the movie. And i kind of wanted more about what was going on with miguel you know um, yeah
1: um and i don't and i think the movie kind of does his character dirty because of uh uh like you know should should we say the spoiler now uh, yeah we,
0: we we can go for it if you like i i feel like we've given it if we this can be a jumping off point like if you I, i'd say that i i'd still recommend going to see the movie because it's not there's no shame in not being as good as the first one but i think yeah. both of us are uh neither of us are ne- necessarily like given this four stars either um is what oh, i'd yeah. say so you can stop listening now if you don't want to hear the kind of the some of the gist of what happens towards the end but yeah, yeah but like I, I'll, I'll say now uh everyone's that doesn't want to hear sign off on some big stuff that happens but I don't think we spent enough time with him to get to the point where he was um a guy that would be willing to commit a murder. I thought we maybe I, I totally bought that maybe someone living in a town like that without anything going on could be seduced by the money that would come with human trafficking, which to him might not seem like that bad of a crime because these people do want to come to America. And but like I if it, it seemed it seemed like we skipped like three scenes where he became hardened, for sure. See
1: you know, I kinda dug that like uh uh like that sort of like um if if we did like if this was a conventional movie and like you skip the three scenes or whatever, I kind of dug that. It did that, you oh, know? Okay. I didn't necessarily need the beast of no nations, uh, a, a storyline for him because I think like, I think this is where I'm like, why I think I prefer this movie where I think, I think it has a better grasp at like the, the morality struggle that the first one was getting at. Whereas like to me, I could totally see, I think that's what's, I think that's what's so corrupt corrupting is that like oh like people can treat lives like this disposable in in this situation and also in that scene um there's a convincing case as to why he does it because the first boy that goes up to bat to like uh shoot Alejandro and couldn't do it he gets shot in the face so but yeah um, but
0: but his cousin like says like no I don't make him do it too like he, he gives him the option not to
1: right no 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 he's like telling like his cousin is telling um The head, the head cartel dude, uh, like don't make him do it. He's just a kid. Right. The the honcho doesn't give a fuck or whatever. Like this is like your indoctrination.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, I was misremembering that then. Yeah, then it makes sense, I guess, that he would do it in that moment. But um, he didn't put up much of a.
1: What doesn't really make sense is that he can just jump off like the uh, the truck and like they don't go after him after he just committed this murder and he probably can wrap them all out, you know what I mean? Um, right,
0: that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: um, uh, it's convenient, and this is okay. So he shoots Alejandro, right? And mm-hmm. we are think we are left to think that Alejandro is dead, right? Um, and then like. Alejandro, this is like one of the biggest cop-outs in like a movie i've ever seen <laughs> like, where like alejandro somehow because like, he gets shot like in the face like it like it like like
0: well i think the distinction to be made is that it's more in the face than in the brain uh yeah. so but, when you, when, but, but, when but like when you see mean, the way that uh, he's bleeding out of it it looks like he's bleeding out of like the yeah. side of the side of the top of his head it looks like brains are coming out yeah. that's not actually where he it turns out he got shot like they just wanted to like make gross you out i think a little bit
1: yeah i know it's a cheap thing and i was sitting next to uh ben um and you know he's like a you know he's a med school student and and we were talking about this and like and he like said like yeah like there's no way like Alejandro could have survived that with like, cause he's being gagged a like, like, and he was like, that's a good like 18 hours that he went without medical att- attention and all that blood, like coming out, like the motherfucker is dead. <laughs> uh-huh. And I think that's, and I think this is what kind of, this is like the true Taylor Sheridan is that like, is that he, I think in the like first film, like this is my problem at the scene with Alejandro at the, uh, at the dinner table whereas like yeah like at the end of the day for all the uh 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 uh, uh fronting that this movie does with its uh, brutal nihilism it, ne- it it can never bring itself to go there and especially now that it's a franchise it would not dare to kill off this cool character that is arguably the linchpin for these movies going forward
0: you know um Yeah I don't think there's I don't think I don't I don't know if a third I mean, I agree with you that it's a cop-out not to kill him, but I just don't know if there's a third movie, if you can do another one without him. You know what I mean? He's, he's too important.
1: Yeah, and, like, well, and here's the thing. I mean, like, I, like, you know, um, you know, you still have the Brolin characters. So I'm willing to, you know, go along with his... <laughs> I think it's, like, don't... You didn't you didn't have to back yourself into that corner, uh, um, um, to, like, have him in that situation in the first place. And so the fact that you did it, like, now, like, Alejandro is essentially the Terminator. Um... <laughs> um and which means, which is like you know with um anton sugar where i am like why like i'm like Alejandro's poor man's anton sugar is that like yeah there's a mystic quality to that character you know we don't know anything about him he's this unstoppable force of nature but there's n- there's nothing the movie never like shows his cards and like you know showed that like you know he ha- like make it literal that he's a su- supernatural character and not to say that like this movie does but like he never puts itself in a situation where this character is no longer human you know what i mean like um and so i think that's like kind of the difference and then like at the end of the movie okay i'm on two minds on this A, I can't forgive it for the cop out and, and it's sort of like like this this really cheap like Godfather uh, 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 homage where like uh, Miguel like he you know he works at this shitty like uh, restaurant like we see uh, at the mall like that we see him go back and forth throughout the movie. And now he's
0: all tatted up and hardened at the end.
1: Yeah, and then like you have the sh- you know Alejandro's there to greet him and like uh, um, make him a Sicario, and then like you know the. Door closes like it does in the first Godfather when Michael Corleone becomes the head of the uh, Corleone mm-hmm. family, uh, you know, mob. Yes. Um, on the one hand, it's a cool way to end a movie. On the other hand, the way you got there is infuriating. <laughs> but on the one hand, I one thing I kind of dig. This is like a small little detail.
0: Yeah,
1: is that I like the idea that like this shitty mall, like. <laughs> reappears because that only makes sense that's like something that actually feels genuine to me because like oh yeah he lives he lives in this shitty small town and of course it's like the shitty mall that like the the, the, they go to that like like you like you know that like that character no matter if he still lives in that town he's more than likely to show up there you know what i mean it feels somewhat authentic to me so i kind of dug that and i thought it was a nice touch
0: yeah and no, i mean it makes sense that it would that would be the hub in like a small oh, i think it's supposed i think it's supposed to take place in mccallan right yes yeah. yes i mean i don't I actually do know someone that lives there but now i've talked to them a ton about its layout but i mean i can imagine like small towns like that like the mall is kind of just like the hub you know like of course yeah. b- business is going to go on there um
1: which yeah. about a, like so like so basically you had to join the cartel Ugh. or you know, you just smoke weed like across the
0: border. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And like I, I don't know. And that's kind of why I guess I wanted to hang out there a little more because I just didn't know if the, the other side of the movie did everything in the way I wanted it to. But I could have seen the McAllen stuff like actually being an interesting way of telling a story about what's going on at the border and from like the standpoint of like everyday people. H- have you seen Fast Food Nation?
1: Uh oh, I have not, which is okay. weird cause, you know I, I do like link leather, um so i watched
0: so. I, I watched it for the first time like three weeks ago. I had no idea what it was gonna be about, and mm-hmm. I thought it was literally gonna be like a like a version of waiting at like a at like a fast food restaurant or something as opposed to a regular restaurant, just like a comedy going on at a restaurant. And that's all I came in expecting. I had no idea like I don't know if you know what it's about. Um, uh, did you read
1: the book uh, oh, okay. Yeah, like, that was just one of those books that, like, I, I wasn't one who read it, but, like, at my high school, like, that, like, if you took, like, environmental or something like that, that gotcha. was, like, something that they made you read.
0: So that's, just felt, it felt weirdly, really, weirdly really timely to watch it when I did, because I watched it right at the beginning of all the border stuff, like, a few weeks ago, and it's, like, wow, this is, like, came out 12 years ago, and it's, like, addressing, like, immigration and just what these people have to go through when they come over here, and it's kind of interesting to see this, like, story told in a really small midwest town or i guess it's in Colorado it takes place in colorado i think rural colorado and it's like oh that would be that would be cool and I, I start watching this movie and i that's one of the better shots in the movie i think is when they show his house and how you can literally see the border wall like right behind his house and uh, as he's leaving it i'm like wow it'd be cool if they can tell like a, a local story about like what's going on there and eventually have it converge with what's going on on the other side of the movie and i yeah. guess it kind of does i just thought we were going to get to hang out in that world a little bit and i would have enjoyed that
1: and, you know, truthfully, all right, I don't know about you. I, I do find, like, the um, Josh Brolin and the and the uh, Benicio Del Toro character, I don't really find the, that end all that interesting. Um,
0: I found it more interesting in the first one. Though, like, the way that uh, Brolin swaggers into the first one, he's, like, wearing flip-flops. It's like, who the hell is this guy? It's just such a weird presence to then have him rub up against the Emily One character. But then here he's just, like, a straight mercenary. And it's like, all right, uh, I don't know if you're as compelling that way
1: who may have a secret heart of gold. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Which, which, you know, you open it with him, like, droning, like, someone's family. and then Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I mean. This is what I mean. Like, it, the movie grunts and stuff, but then it falls into, like, it, it, it can never, it, it, it's not as nihilistic as it wants itself to be, you know? Um, it's sort of like that, like, it's sort of like that emo dude, and you find out that he listens to Taylor Swift, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's kind of how I feel about Taylor Sheridan. Um, though I do think this one, I, I, I'm, 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 i because I did, I did like the um, uh, the little girl storyline. Yeah. I thought um, her character was the most interesting thing, and that's what sort of I found most compelling about this movie. And I think, by the way, when this was first announced as uh, that they were going to do another Sicario movie, and like the first one, sort of leaves it open ended, like oh, like. Alejandro, used the you know breakout character of that film, and people want to know more about his backstory. Wasn't at the time that they announced it. I had thought it was going to be a prequel.
0: I don't remember hearing that it was going to be a prequel. I, I remember pretty early on when they announced the sequel that it was going to bring him and Broly back, and I think. Yeah. And I thought it was like how like oh, going how through. how they came to work together in the first place, kind of yeah. thing. Oh, maybe that maybe I do remember something about that, but then. I don't know. I, I'm not. know i am i am a bit out on prequels, so I'm not upset that that's not the case. But I don't know. I guess I do kind of remember that. I, all I, what I mainly do remember from the first announcements of it was just like being very alarmed of all the people that weren't going to be involved that were involved in the first. But I don't specifically remember what the storyline was going to be if it was going to be any different or not. Yeah, for me,
1: I'm like, I'm not. A, I'm a Villainu skeptic, so I wasn't too bummed out by it. Um, right. This is sort of. This is like sort of like how I felt about like I guess Deadpool too, where I'm like. Oh yeah, I wasn't a fan of the first one, and oh you you got this unknown quantity well, I of Deadpool too that dude had actually made a movie I liked, so this one I hadn't I haven't seen the dude's other stuff in Italy but um so like this one like it, it was a question mark I, I uh and I think in large part part I think this one knows what it is and I can accept it more as this you know as the like. I think this one, like, admits that the first one is stupid.
0: I'm still, I'm still interested in whether it actually knows what it is or not. I don't know if it does. One other thing, theory I read. And I'm curious what you think. Is that like it's more of just like a commentary on like the crazy shit the military-industrial complex will do to justify its existence. And mm-hmm. I, do you know? Do you think it puts in the work to be able to earn earn that it's- take on it?
1: Because like okay yeah like because when we were like talking earlier like the first thirty minutes made you and I both like uncomfortable because of the politics of it right yeah and then like but then like you know as the movie progresses um like I do think you may have like this sort of like it may actually have like a progressive message about like yeah no um the U.S. government is shady is it, you know tort you know it's torturing like the like to the point where like I like these people who are operating uh this bureaucracy are uh are corrupt and dangerous just like you know right now with the parallels of ice what's happening with ice so
0: you know uh, i i think i may be willing to give it back well, that's right because i was i was about to come on here before we got on this call together and i was like gonna rail about how unrealistic all this stuff was and i'm like can you see them doing something this ridiculous taking a girl from her family and i was like what am i talking about like what is going on right now is it really that far of a stretch from where we are right now and i i was prepared to like come have this big speech about how ridiculous all the plot machinations were and it's like yeah but like we're already taking kids away from their families anyway and like in this movie like the u.s government decides to run and hide from that just like our president decided to like deny that he was he had any involvement in this and it wasn't his fault you know what i mean so it's like like, i guess it actually is maybe i'm giving maybe i should give it more credit for being like more being a little more prescient about what our government is capable of and capable of trying to wash their hands off
1: yeah and you know like you know pre-trump like you already have like you know like, the Fast and Furious scandal with um, the ATF and uh, the uh, Department of Justice. You have, like, you know—and then, you know, I think there's some echoes of, like, Iran-Contra, like, arming the our, you know, enemies and stuff like that. So I'm sure, like, some of this stuff has, like, probably informed uh, Taylor Sheridan because, you know, it's easy to make the military-industrial complex.
0: The I guess, back- but he's not like the—you know, do you watch The Americans— uh, I've only seen, like, a couple
1: episodes of okay. her, it, it, but I need to get on it. Uh, okay,
0: well, it's great, but those dudes, like, one of those dudes, like, worked for the CIA, so mm-hmm. it's like, alright, I get how, like, he might actually have some insight in this. Like, Tara Sheridan's been an actor since he got out of college, so, like, I, I didn't want to, like take his word for it too much i'm like because before we got on the call or before we started recording like we were talking about like would the secretary of defense have this kind of like sway and power and be able to pull these levers and i'm yeah. like I, I don't know if taylor Sheridan's is the one that sh- is capable of answering that question for me anyway because like he's never really been in it he was an actor that all of a sudden started writing movies you know
1: yeah yeah. like that was like my nitpick that i talked to you about because like in the movie matthew Modine, who i incorrectly Accidentally, like I knew like, watching the movie, it was Matthew Modine. But then when like I was talking to you, I said Timothy. You don't have Huff. to rat
0: yourself out, dude. You, you, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I,
1: uh, it was embarrassing for me because this usually doesn't happen to me. But to be <laughs> those two, come on, they had like the same career almost, except yeah, for yeah, yeah. got like an won an Oscar. <laughs> um, but um, but that said, um. Which by the way reminds me, like Christopher Nolan has this weird thing where he just like casts like old eighty act like actors who were like at their peak in the eighties and haven't been heard from ever since. Um, but like, 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 yeah, we you and I were talking about like in the movie, Matthew Modine plays the Secretary of Defense, and um, and like I was telling you, I'm like why is this, like, following... Like, you know, this is, like, a border dispute. Like, why is it falling under the defense secretary jurisdiction? Should it, like, fall under, like, the homeland secretary or the attorney general? Like, um... But, again, it's... Because, you know, you don't really see Mattis dealing with, like, the... uh, What's happening with the children being separated at the border. You know
0: what
1: I mean? Yeah. But nitpick it's not, you know...
0: Yeah, it's whatever. But, I mean, like, it's... I mean... I don't know, like I say, though like I, 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 the one thing I definitely feel confident saying was that you didn't need to go to the um, terrorism plot at all. Like it felt very, very unnecessary to do what the movie wanted I'm, to
1: do. I think it's just like to make uh, like Jeff, uh, Josh Brown like oh, see, he's he's fucking tough, man. He's fucking tough.
0: Yeah, I guess like you could you could have done that in other ways. It just felt way too gratuitous and unnecess- unnecessary, all that stuff for me. And and maybe other maybe this other stuff if i think about it more i'll find a, i'll find a way to say like, oh maybe that actually kind of worked now that i've talked it through with you some but i don't know i just i don't, I don't know it, it it just tried to do too much at the beginning for me and um that's just kind of where i'm at even if like i'm saying like i'm agreeing with you and some of this stuff was pretty uh suspenseful later on in the movie like i i respect a lot of what the movie did it's just i i guess i i just had i just set a high bar based on what i got out of the first one and i think we're probably enjoyed this about the same amount it's just like i came in with a much more different perspective as being someone that was super high on the first one and generally likes villeneuve um
1: and i'm just the dude like who was ambivalent about the first one and is ambivalent
0: about the second one.
1: <laughs> so so, uh, so i met my expectation
0: <laughs> well yeah um on, on that note though is like is there anything like are there any points that i didn't touch on that you kind of wanted to talk about before we uh uh, before we get out of here
1: um i mean like it's less a day of the salt the soldado more like a week of the saltado. sure <laughs>
0: that, sure yes i guess i it, it, i mean i guess we didn't even really talk about the digression i mean like the, it's definitely more than a day like we see we see them like spend the night at these like this random farmer's house in mexico i mean i'd say I guess it was it was very convenient that Alejandro knew sign language, but I thought that was a very interesting uh, digression that I, uh, that I that I that I found one of the more interesting parts of the movie, and uh, I just we just forgot to mention it up until now. But um, yeah,
1: like, by the way, like if they do a Dern movie in this, like because this movie did do this movie, this movie overperformed at the box office. It did. Yeah. Um, so uh, in which you know I, I think. This is to me, I guess, if this is what I get for modern Pulitzer films, I'll take it. Um, yeah,
0: it had a uh, so it, the first one made eighty four, eighty five million 85 million off a 30 million dollar budget so far. This one's made 52 million on a 35 million dollar budget, so it like, seems like it could end up doing fairly similar numbers when it's all said and done. Um, I yeah. uh, do did you, did you have any, um, do you have anything else on the performances? What do you think of Catherine Keener? Yeah, she was Catherine Keener, always. For a while. <laughs> You know, like she's
1: she, 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 this is the second movie I saw her this year in. Um, she was in Incredibles, too. You know, um, yeah, and- When I, th- I thought her, I thought she
0: was Rashida Jones for all of Incredibles, too. Uh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize until you said that, I didn't really like, I'm like, oh, yeah, they do have similar voices. Yeah, I know. She's always a welcome presence. I, I, I love Keener. It's, um, nice, it's
0: nice getting her to see her play like kind of a tough government official kind of person yeah. seems like a cool change of pace for her
1: if you if you said if you rewrote this movie and you're like let's get rid of the josh brolin character and just make it Keener, i think i'm down yeah i think this goes up like a half star
0: sure <laughs> i mean yeah it's just i mean and i i like brolin a lot in general you yeah, know like I, was, I, I thought I he's like- having a pretty incredible year even if you didn't like deadpool 2 i thought he did a lot with the weird character in that movie and oh, yeah. uh,
1: like so far, he's been one of the better things. of, like, so like, he did Infinity War. And, I hate that movie. But
0: I didn't. I I didn't love Infinity War. But like, I mean, I thought he was pretty yeah, yeah, inc- you know, pretty he, incredible for someone performing under a bunch of CGI. And
1: he's very, uh, a character that had very low expectations. So yeah, no, I I, I like Brolin. I'm, I'm a Brolin. Uh, I'm I I like Brolin. I don't no no hate to him. I'm just think like his character. You know, he doesn't go in any interesting directions in this movie. Um, I think Alejandro sort of does, um, but not his character or whatever. So, la- la-
0: so last thing then, where does it? Where, if you're you're still kind of intrigued by Alejandro, even as ridiculous as it is that he's still with us, uh, if they do a third, are you? Are, what, what, do you have any give any like excitement if they were to announce that tomorrow? Would it depend on the director? Would it depend on what they said the story was going to be? Or are you just out?
1: Um, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll probably see it. Uh, uh, like, it's not like I'd be excited for it, but but I will be excited if it's just like, oh, the little girl is like the, it's the main character and, will, and I get to see her at like the private boarding school. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> Pick, you know. p- picking fights with girls, calling her like, yes. like, uh, cartel sluts or something yeah, like that.
1: Hey. At the end of the movie, she, she has like PTSD. I'm sure. You know? Yeah, the Soldado doesn't fuck around, you know. Um, so I think I think I'm I want I want to see her at summer camp. I, I think that's I think that's this that's where I want the franchise to go. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Miguel like Miguel like he's he's the Jason to her like uh, at her like of uh, Friday the 13th summer camp where it's like you thought you escaped the Soldado. <laughs> so, okay
0: sure on that. all right well i think that's a fairly good note to go out on we've already uh, rambled on even longer than i anticipated but before we get out of here do you do you have anything you want to plug um i like letting people plug their letterbox or their twitter or do you just want to be a blank slate what do you anything you want to talk about
1: yeah if you want to follow me on letterbox, it's jkb1626 i think that's also my twitter handle I have to double-check. Uh, I didn't even know what my Skype handle was.
0: Until pretty the- sure I'm pretty sure that's not your Twitter handle. Just, I think it's like Josh Brown 95 or something like that. But, yeah, I'm
1: sure uh, I could get away with that handle, given like how common my name is. Yeah, um, well,
0: uh, my name's not as common, but uh, on Twitter, it's as usual. It's at Josh Chernavoi, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-I. And uh, I thank you guys for listening. Um, and coming up soon, I think you actually might hear from Josh again, because I'm planning on inviting him and some other people back fairly soon but i'm not sure exactly what's going to be the next in our order but i'm going to be trying to get podcasts out every week in july so uh stay tuned for the next one and thanks for listening